Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Freight to the Point, a podcast from Zencargo. I'm Helena Wood and I'm really excited about a new episode stream that we are kicking off this week with our co-founder and chief commercial officer, Richard Fatal. This is the first in a series of monthly recurring episodes that we'll be hosting focused on the ocean and rate market. So Richard is absolutely the best person to bring insight and guidance to these episodes and we're so thrilled to have him here. For anyone that doesn't know Richard, I'm sure he's going to make a little intro in a moment, but he's been working very closely with customers at Zencargo to make sure they can procure the best rates and the best space, as well as providing bespoke rate consultations for customers to make sure we're able to support them through the challenges in this volatile market. So welcome, Richard. Thank you very much, Helena, and excited to kick off what is the first uh, part in a, a very interesting series of conversations that I hope we can have together. And Richard, for anyone who doesn't know what a co-founder actually does in a business, can you give us a bit of an insight to what your areas of focus are at the moment? Sure. I mean, so specifically as the chief commercial officer, I focus on Zencargo's relationship with our global network partners of ocean carriers, airlines, trucking companies, um, warehouses, and pretty much anyone who can provide a freight service around the world. But uh, I guess with my co-founder hat on, I can be seen doing, I guess, any number of things, but in particular, talking to some of our largest clients and really trying to help them navigate what is a very difficult market environment. So Richard, after what's been, you know, two and a half years of of near chaos for, for shippers and for the rates market, it feels like we're facing even more volatility than than before. Can you give us a summary of what's actually happening at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's incredibly interesting because on the one hand, you have continuity, continuity and disruption. You know, we um, still have uh, port congestion in Europe, uh, strikes in Hamburg, port congestion over the last couple of months in Rotterdam in in, in what's a, a serious way, strikes in the United Kingdom, both at Felixstowe, where we, you know, had uh, the longest strike in decades, uh, now in Liverpool, uh, you know, scheduled for over the next few weeks. But uh, on the other hand, you have a significant reduction in ocean freight rates. And it's, in, in some ways, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of square those things. And, and the reality is that, you know, whilst there is, um, let's say, localized disruption in Europe, you can very much feel and which uh, do impact the ability of the sh- ocean shipping lines to operate their ships and to operate in the most effective way. There is a generalized increase in capacity in the market. And that's not because there are um, necessarily uh, more ships in the market, but it's because of two things. One, there's a reduction in demand, and the reduction in demand really comes from perceived and real softening in uh, European and US economy, and a reduction in the the purchases of larger durable goods, um, really really as part of a destocking that's happening uh, in anticipation of a milder peak season uh, period, certainly than we had last year uh, and the year before, but really more, you know, more in line with the pre-COVID period. And then at the same time, so you've got that reduction in demand, which is, of course, contributing to uh, an increase in, in, in net capacity. You also have uh, an effective reduction in capacity because the vessels that were taking much longer to circulate the globe and to get uh, back into place and now able to get back into place faster. And so you've had through, uh, you know, a reduction in some of the one-off uh, supply chain bottlenecks that we saw through the COVID period and through uh, an unwinding of some of the issues that uh, we've seen in Chinese ports, 
you've had an ability of vessels to get back into place in Asia and now arrive with uh, available capacity for cargo. The question is what now and what's really, you know, what do we really see in the market? Um, what we see in the market is that, you know, for the last um, several weeks, we've seen week on week declines in the spot market to the extent that the uh, spot market rates have fallen to a level that they're in line or in some cases below many long-term contracts that customers set at the beginning or in the early part of this year. Which is so interesting. And I think particularly the conjunction of of timing, because it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think at this time of year, we would usually be feeling the the sort of deep breath as pe- before peak season, as, as, as retailers think about building stock before things like Christmas and the holiday period. And of course, destocking is then leading an entirely different set of of behaviours. I know it's going to be a difficult question and it's going to require a bit of crystal ball gazing, but can you give any insight as to how long you think this destocking might continue? Well, it's a very interesting question, Helena. You know, one of the things that we're fortunate to to see in our day-to-day job is that we see the flows of our customers. So because we work very closely with our customers and we help to manage their orders from their factories, we can start to see kind of ahead of time what the what the flows look like and how how demand seems to pick up. I would say that, you know, on our side, on an aggregate level, we're really still continuing to see uh, the destocking trend. And we would normally uh, start to be engaged with customers on conversations about, uh, you know, peak sales and, and Christmas uh, uh, and, uh, you know, or, or Black Friday and, and, and what that really looks like. And for the most part, away from specific lines that people are, you know, looking at moving in for the sale periods, September and October don't really at this point look like they're going to, um, you know, have any peak demand uh, in them. Uh, the question then becomes, you know, whether in the pre, pre-Chinese pre New Year period, you know, whether towards the end of the year, you see a rush on cargo in anticipation of the you know closure of the Chinese market and really for, for next year's sales. But it doesn't look like this year is going to really have much of a peak or if if not at least, uh, you know, a a mild peak, uh, if any. Which is interesting. And and of course, it would be hard to talk about destocking without thinking about why it's happening. And and it's, of course, a reaction by many retailers to thinking about the the global softening of the economy and the slowdown in consumer spending, which is in turn related to what we're all calling the cost of living crisis in the UK. And this cost of living crisis is triggering you know, as inflation goes up, many, many wage disputes, which are leading to industrial action. We just saw an eight-day strike at the Port of Felixstowe. Liverpool are going to be going into strike for two weeks in, in about, you know, 10 days' time. And there's been some stuff going on in, in Hamburg and in Germany. Do you think this industrial action is likely to have an impact on on rates? Or, or do you think that the market is prepared for this activity? So I think that... For now, the industrial action is localized and you have to think about the trades in their aggregate. So, uh, yes, there was industrial action in the Port of Hamburg. There's some in the UK. But as a proportion of the volumes that are moving on the Asia to Europe lane, those particular ports holding strikes in a particular week uh, don't necessarily create that much of a disruption. I think the other thing to say is that you have to think about the impact on the market within the context of the timing when these things happen. So, you know, if we'd been talking about a strike at the Port of Felixstowe this time last year, 
think the environment would be very, very different. Um, the reality is that the Port of Felixstowe is not operating at full capacity. So when that strike happened, um, the buildup of boxes that came off of ships in the weeks before, and then the lack of the of discharge in terms of movements out of the port uh, in the period afterwards were more manageable because the port was not operating at full capacity. So I think these these industrial actions have to be thought about in that context. I think actually the industrial action is is very in- interesting in the context of the wider inflationary picture globally. And I think, you know, really the movement of the market from here is really going to be a function of how, uh, you know, the key economies react to the inflationary pressure that we're seeing. You know, does this inflationary pressure lead to further wage disputes across the market that are broad based and uh, beget further inflation? Or, uh, you know, are the the central bank actions that have already come in and the signaling of central bank actions uh, enough? to start to quell inflation? And does, you know, the early part of next year lead to some turnaround in the economy? I think one of the interesting bits of news this week, obviously, is the potential announcement uh, coming from Liz Truss and and the new government in the UK around caps on energy prices. And, uh, you know, that's something that could be a fillip to growth in the UK, you know, and de-risk some of the uh, consumer, consumer retail sales you know, expected for the end of this year and the early part of next year. Um, but it's uh, early to tell what kind of the global reaction of, of different governments will be. I think uh, Europe certainly has a has a harder economic hand uh, to play, you know, in the UK and, and Germany in particular, um, in terms of the impact of, of gas prices on those economies. And and what else should we, we be looking out for, you know, shippers that are trying to to track the news and who are trying to foresee challenge and change in the market. You know, we've seen these external factors like the overall economy. We've seen the impact of destocking. We've seen the impact of industrial action. We are sort of well used to congestion. We're kind of getting used to some of the other changes that we've seen over the last few years. We were even braced for further black swan events if they happen. God forbid another vessel gets stuck in the Suez Canal, but you know we know what it looks like now. For shippers who are sitting thinking about how to approach this rates market, what what should they be paying attention to, and is there anything they should be nervous about? So there are two things that are going to drive the price action in the ocean freight market from here. One is demand, and we've talked about demand, and that's really driven by the global economy, and it's going to be more localized on certain trades than on others. But the other, and of course, you know, on the demand side, they can look at all the normal indicators. They can look at their own sales. They can look at how that's evolving. Uh, they can look at the economic indicators in those markets, and they look, they can look at what central banks are doing and how the how the stock market and the market is more reacting to that as indicators. The the other side is on the supply side. So I think the the first thing to call out is that there is no real new supply coming into the either the Asia Europe or the Trans Pacific Ocean market uh, until kind of the at least the second quarter of next year, really until 2023 um, proper. But what, uh, you know, what can happen on the supply side uh, are two things. One, you can have this natural increase in capacity due to a reduction in global port congestion. And we've seen that happen and we've seen, you know, more availability of vessels. But on the flip side, um, carriers have the ability to manage capacity. And we've seen them actively do that during the COVID period in order to better manage their yield and better manage, uh, you know, manage the market so that they don't have excess capacity at 
ports of origin around the world uh, in any given week. And we have seen um, aggressive moves to blank sailings in the run-up to the golden week period. So that is something that I would um, certainly watch out for. What it means, it, it has two effects. One is rate. So, um, you know, it could stem the decline in rates. Uh, and there, you know, having, uh, let's say, a bit more certainty or thinking about how you can uh, lock in rate, uh, rates over a multi-month period comes to mind, uh, you know, if that uh, proves to be effective in terms of, uh, you know, stemming the decline in rates. But the other is uh, the other is certainly around service. So uh, in an environment where uh, some of the capacity gets taken out of the market, it's very important for clients to be able to effectively manage what is urgent and must ship in a given week, despite the blank sailings, and though therefore to be able to potentially move alliances in some cases or to have multiple options. Uh, and maybe what is less urgent and what can, you know, move on a uh, a regular agreement in spite of the blank sailings. So there's a there's a cert- certainly a, an interplay between, you know, the rate environment we're in and the actions by the carriers and then the service impact of that and therefore how they might need to have some agility in terms of their strategy and the way that they book their cargo. And I think it's really interesting that you talk about service because, of course, with the volatility of the rate market and the the sort of bottom line impact, and I'm, I'm using air quotes for anyone that can't see, of rate changes on a business, I imagine many shippers are quick to to think first about rate and second about service. And are you seeing anyone who's sort of um, being bitten by that in the, in the current market, particularly as we're seeing the, the kind of decrease in the spot market? Look, I, I would say that, you know, um, shippers have to be aware of the current market environment and the reality that, you know, rates are falling and some of the levels that they've been paying historically might not be, uh, you know, relevant in the current market. And they need to be having conversations with their service providers, whether that's, uh, you know, uh, their carrier or, uh, you know, the freight forwarder that they work with, particularly in our case, about what they should be doing in the current market environment. But they should also uh, not have amnesia about the last two years in terms of service levels. And so service reliability, container availability, uh, availability of space are very important things um, to think about as they move forward. And so, of course, you know, we, 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 of course, see customers coming and asking questions, you know, should we be working in the spot market? What's the right strategy to until the, the end of the year? Um, you know, does it make sense to have a longer term rate and certainty? Or does it make sense to have a, uh, have a floating rate given the market seems to be uh, trending downwards? And I, I think there it very much depends on the, the customer circumstance. You know, oftentimes going into a, into a peak period, there'll be certain cargo, which is, you know, which really has to move and that they need more certainty around. And, and generally we've advised the appropriate strategy for the customer and the circumstances. And that might sound a little bit like a kind of a get out of jail free card. Um, but it, it is very important that they customers don't have, let's say, amnesia over about the last two years in terms of the importance of container availability and capacity. But at the same time, they um, embrace the realities of the new market and, uh, you know, make sure that their service providers are offering rates which are commensurate with the, you know, the current market levels. Good advice. You need to not forget the past um, and, and not come in with amnesia. But it probably happens. I can imagine lots of shippers feeling almost the panic of, of the market starting to, to sort of fall around them and, and wondering about how to most quickly adapt to that. And and you did speak earlier, Richard, about the specific case of some shippers who 
might be actually noticing that the spot market has dropped possibly to the level of or even below contracted rates that they had you know maybe signed up for earlier in the year for anyone who's in that specific position how would you advise they approach what's going on? Honestly, I think the best thing is to have an open conversation with your service provider. You know, at the end of the day, everyone's uh, contracts or um, relationships or the ways of working are different in the ocean market. And there are some um, more formal arrangements and there are some that are less formal. Um, but also there are there are different requirements for different shippers. And so, you know, what's really important is that you don't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater um, when approaching these things. You know, but it could be that it makes sense to have, uh, you know, a blend of arrangements. You might want to move some of your cargo on the spot market. You might want to move some of your cargo on a longer term rate. And, uh, you know, we've also been uh, working with customers on rates which move with the market. So, our, uh, you know, index to the market as well. So it really depends on the, you know, the customer's unique circumstances. Um, I would say that we are now entering tender season and some customers uh, look at tendering earlier. Uh, they tend to, you know, get all of their ducks in a row uh, before Christmas. Others like to have everything lined up for the after Chinese New Year period. And I would say that, you know, being in active dialogue with your service provider right now is important to really understand and, and, and watch the market as it evolves so that you can make the right decision around, you know, your tender process for next year. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I think what you're saying does align to something we've been talking about a lot as a business, which is that this is a time Yes, of course, to lean on your partner to help you, but to, to really think about diversifying your rate strategy. It's certainly not a time for one size fits all. And it certainly seems that this is a time to be looking at thinking about what your priorities are within your business and, and really adapting the way that you actually approach your rate strategy and um, how you think about the market to suit your needs right now, but also even thinking about segmenting within within the business. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly say that we're in a transition period and it's hard to you know, really make a, a strong call at this point, you know, right now, uh, rates are moving rapidly, and customers are adjusting to that environment and thinking, you know, what makes sense, uh, what makes sense for me, you know, what are the risks, uh, and the opportunities as a result of the move in the market? And, you know, how do I need to set myself up over this quarter, but also into next year? So I do think that there, there is like one strategy, maybe until the end of the year, but as, as things start to stabilize through this transition period, uh, that strategy might change. And so as an example, uh, you know, through this period of flux, having a, having a fixed uh, you know, contract may, may not make sense for some shippers running into the end of this year, but then uh, you know, may make a lot of sense uh, you know, when thinking about how to protect yourself in 2023 and how to have a win-win um, relationship with the ocean carriers for 2023, where they might be looking for more cargo on new vessels that are coming into the market, um, willing to, um, you know, trade off uh, a better rate for more certainty of cargo on the one hand, and obviously able to give security and certainty to the shipper on the other hand. Perfect. And a bit of a teaser there as to what's coming in 2023 in terms of things like the, the book of business and things for the carriers, which I know when we have our next month segment, we're going to talk a bit, a bit, a bit more. We're going to start trying to prepare and think about the coming year. For now, Richard, I just want to ask you one more question because we're going to be speaking in a month. Really interested to hear what might have changed between now and then. If you could give us three bullet points on what you think is going to happen over the next 30 days, what might those be? Okay, so a month from now takes us to the other side of the Golden Week holiday in China. 
um, which is uh, running from the 1st to the 7th of October. So I think one of the big things to look out for is to really understand the interplay between the blank sailings that have been announced in the market and market rate development. So, you know, what we really want to look at is what happens, I, I would say, over uh, through the second half of September and also as get rates start to get published at the end of September um, for the first, first and second week of October and whether or not the combination of the blank sailings and the cargo which will accumulate over the golden week period leads to a boost to the market, I would say, in the second week of October. And I think we'll already start to see that um, by the end of this month. So I would just really watch out for the rate development towards the end of this month. If we do see uh, you know, rates flatten and, and, and no further declines happen during September, then that might be a sign that we might have a, a small boost to the market in October. Um, if rates do continue to decline, it's likely a sign that uh, you know, rates will not pick up uh, as a result of the, the blanks and the golden week period. Super. Thank you so much for that insight, Richard. Well, look, it's been such a useful conversation to have, and I know... It's, it's tough to predict what's going to come next. It's tough to give a really close analysis on what's happening right now, particularly as the goalposts are moving quite quickly. But I really hope for our audience listening today that Richard's been able to share some tangible insight with you and, and some information to what, what really is happening right now in the market and what some of the contributing factors might be. So you do know what you, you should and, and shouldn't be worried about as you kind of look nervously at the news headlines over the coming weeks. All that serves for me to say is, Richard, thank you so much for joining us this month. We're really looking forward to having another conversation about what's going on in the market next month. And I'm going to offer this for you, but I'm sure you'll reiterate my offer for anyone who's listening, whether they are a Zen Cargo customer or not. If they are looking for guidance on how to navigate rates in today's market, I know that you are very happy to, to sit down and, and talk to businesses. And we as, as Zen Cargo are offering rates consultations where we really will look at what you're paying right now and, and help you find the most suitable way of moving forward. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, really um, happy and excited to engage with anyone in the market who's uh, really asking themselves questions around what they should do now and what they should do from here. And again, that will really depend on your own you know, personal circumstances, uh, you know, what's important to you and, and what your priorities and your, uh, your risk profile is as a, you know, as a supply chain going into the end of the year and into the tender season. So really uh, happy to engage any customers who are, who are interested in having that conversation. Excellent. Well, Richard, thank you so much. To everyone who's listened, thank you so much. Back to regular scheduling next week. Um, and we'll continue to sit down with Richard once a month to talk about the market. Don't forget to like, subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone who you think might find this insight valuable. And for now, it's goodbye from me and thank you and goodbye from Richard as well.